my wonderful bride's birthday is tomorrow, all right? And I'm not going to say how old she is, 25, 35. I'm stopping right at 35, all right? Stopping there. But it uh, reminds me of a story that, uh, that I want to share with you. A few weeks ago, um, my daughter, Andra, comes home, and she's a, she's a resident assistant for a group home. And uh, she manages this group home and does such a wonderful job. And she has her own living quarters apartment in the basement. And uh, every once in a while, she gets to come home. And we just love when she comes home to our house. She still calls her bedroom her bedroom. It's really not anymore, but we'll let her think it is. We have other plans for it. We're beginning that transition, but she'll always have a bed there. She'll always be able to come home to her room. And uh, so we love just hanging out and talking and sitting. And uh, it's really kind of neat. We sit in our chairs and we spend time talking. And every once in a while, I become a drifter, a drifter in conversations. And when I tell you what a drifter is, I bet that there's going to be three or four of you who would say, yeah, I'm a drifter too. A drifter is someone who just kind of drifts in and out of the conversation. Oh, nobody does that, right? <laughs> Put those phones down. I was looking at the phone, you know, checking a text or doing a text or checking an email or whatever. I mean, here I had this opportunity. Just, why did I do that? I don't know. I should have been more engaged in the conversation. But the conversation was kind of going in a kind of a different direction. And I heard something, and it, man, I just looked up. I was like, wow, did I hear what I just thought I heard? Now, Deanna was eating a snack at that time, all right? And Andra... Andra asked her, well, what is that that you're eating? And she said, I'm eating a date for snack, all right? A date. I mean, who eats, who eats dates for snacks? I mean, I don't think I've had a date in 10 years. I mean, hopefully I have with my wife, but that's the only dates. But you know what I heard? She said, I'm eating a date. What do you think I heard, Tom? I don't even want to speculate as to I'm needing a date. That's what I heard. In my ears, I was going, I heard my wife saying to Andra, I'm needing a date. I looked up. I was like, oh, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> when your wife says to you, I'm needing a date, that means... It's long, it's, it's long overdue, right? So we're going on a date tomorrow, all right? <laughs> and we had one before now, but... Uh. Good morning, Gateway Church. We are a family after God's heart that is growing in our love for God and growing in our love for each other. It's true. 
We're growing in our love for God and growing in our love for each other. For the honor of our King, Jesus Christ, we will love unconditionally and forgive one another graciously. We can't love without forgiveness. It's impossible to love without forgiveness. That's what Jesus taught us. That's what this table is all about. This table today that we get to participate in. It's the greatest table of all. This table here is all about forgiveness. Forgiveness that has been poured out on us lavishly from a loving God so that we can be intimately connected with God and be empowered then to what? Forgive others the way that we have been forgiven. For Jesus taught us in his prayer when he responded to the disciples who asked him, Jesus, We want to pray like you prayed. Teach us to pray. And Jesus said, our Father, forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. Jesus has given us the playbook, but he's given us more than that. He's given us the play field. What we do here on the field authenticates what we read in the book. If we don't practice it on the field, It's just book knowledge. We talk a lot about the vertical, our relationship, our worship to God. We love him. We are after his heart. Today we're going to talk about the vertical. And so we come to the table of the Lord. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 11, 28 through 32. I'm just going to read the scripture today. I'm going to project another scripture, but this one, I'm just going to read. He writes about the horizontal. Verse 28, he says, Everyone, before they come to the table here, ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without, listen, without discerning. I, I think what Paul's saying He's referring to the horizontal without discerning the body of Christ because that's who we are. We're the body of Christ. Examine yourself before you eat of the bread, drink of the cup. Discern the body of Christ. Discern what's going on in the horizontal. For those who eat and drink without doing that, eat and drink judgment on themselves But if we we were more discerning, verse 31, with regard to who ourselves takes discernment. What happens on the horizontal matters. 
But if we were more discerning with regard to, we, to ourselves, we would not come under judgment. This is, a, this is a strong word. It's a good word. We want more than just book knowledge. I've said this before, but on this day, Communion Sunday, it's so very important to hear again. Three take-homes. Number one, horizontal matters. I've said this probably a million times. A million and one times today. Horizontal matters. Love, love being directed from brother to, to brother, sister to sister, brother to sister, sister to brother. It's a big deal. It's a big deal to the Apostle Paul because it's a big deal to God. This is not optional in the body of Christ. It's mandatory. There are no exemptions. Not one exemption To really love most often is a choice of obedience I make. Not because a person is worthy of love. Many times they, we, me, we're not worthy. We love and forgive because He's worthy. If, if we do it because we're worthy, we won't do it. We'll get hung up with ourselves. But if we do it because he's, if he's, if he's worthy, we'll say he, it's worth it. It's worth the hassle. Therefore, horizontal requires initiative. We'll talk about that when we go back and listen to Jesus' words and teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. You've heard this before, horizontal authenticates the vertical. What does that mean? When I say that, the horizontal authenticates the vertical, what do I mean? The credibility of Jesus is constantly on the line for the world that is watching. How we love each other gives credibility to the gospel. Jesus said, the world will know me how? By their love. It's so big that Jesus talks about hate. It's a pretty strong word. He uses the word hate. Most of us would say, I don't really hate so-and-so. I mean, I just don't like them. <laughs> they tick me off, and I'm struggling being nice to them, and I avoid them, and I give them the cold shoulder and whatever childish behaviors we do, but I don't hate them. But Jesus connects the emotion of anger to hate. On the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 21 through 24. And this is a scripture I want to just look at briefly as we come to the table. 
What did Jesus say about hate? You've heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. Well, that's not me. But I tell you that anyone is that but I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister Raka is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, You fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, vertical. That's what that's all about. That's bringing your offering to God. And you're going vertical. You're saying, God, look at this offering and I bring it to you. Whatever those offerings were in Leviticus, there were like five different offerings, grain offering and, and thank offering. I mean, all kinds of them. It's for you, God. Here it is, God. Here's my worship on Sunday morning. I give you my heart's affection here. I raise my heart and my hands to you. I worship you. And there remember that your brother or sister has something against you. What did Jesus say do? Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go. Be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. If I could summarize this passage in a phrase, this is what I would say. This would be my commentary. To go vertical. I have to first go horizontal. That's what I'd say. If you were to say, summarize that in a statement, I would say, to go vertical, I have to first go horizontal. If I want my worship to be pure, sincere, and acceptable, I must do all I can to reconcile with my brother and sister in Christ where a breach in the wall has taken place. I can't go vertical in true worship to God without first dealing with the horizontal. I can go through the the motions, and we do it too often in our lives, in our ministries. We just assume that my, my, my worship to God is acceptable. Well, it just might be unacceptable, defiled, defective. Horizontal matters. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember, your brother or sister has something against you. That scripture sometimes bothers me because I don't want to take the initiative. If I know that there's 
a breach in the wall with someone in the body of Christ and there's this, there's this thing going on between us. My flesh rises up and what I want to do is like, I'll just take care of it in my own heart but then I'll just sit on it and think that that's okay. Well, Jesus says if you know, I'm not saying go up, uncover all possible angles, and I, you know, sometimes you just got to, you have to know in your heart, you have to have wisdom. Do I go to this person now? Is this the right time to go? I'm sensing something is going on between us and the body of Christ. I think it takes wisdom to ask the Lord, to pray, to seek the Lord. And if it doesn't go away, that feeling in your heart that there's something, maybe something's going on. Have I offended you in this way? Let's talk. Let's have a conversation. Because I want to go to church and lift up my hands with what? Undefiled hands. In my worship at home. I can't afford to have a heart that is stained with sin. Amen? It just is so awful. It's like I can't get through God. I'm just, this isn't working. I'm, I'm trying to make this right in my own heart, but I have to take initiative. Why? Because he's worthy. may not sound like it's that big a deal, but it's huge, huge. The implication being Jesus was, was preaching the Sermon on the Mount. Do you remember? I'm getting into this. I, I pronounced it wrong today when I was asking Mike Capelli back there. I said, is it typology? No, he says it's topology. I'm, I'm kind of looking at the, the the geography of the, the Holy Land when I'm studying. And it's pretty cool. This one's kind of neat. We've looked at some of these pictures before, but Jesus is preaching this message. It's a Sermon on the Mount. Where is he? He's not in Jerusalem. You see where Jerusalem is on the map? We talked a little bit about John 4 and the story of the Samaritan woman and going through right up the middle to get to, to Galilee. Jesus, when he's preaching, he's near Capernaum, up there in the north. You see the Sea of Galilee? He was just north. He's preaching the most powerful sermon that has ever been proclaimed. And when he's referring to bringing your gift to the altar... What is he referring to? By the way, there's mountains, and you know, it's not prairie. It's not, it, it's about 60 miles away from Jerusalem, and it's not flat. It's, there's terrain, it's up and down. Jesus is referring to the temple. When you're bringing your offer, offering to the temple, right there, you would bring your lamb. 
or whatever it is that you're bringing, you would bring that to the priest. But you're bringing it to God. Jesus is saying, you're there. I'm preaching at Capernaum. I'm about 60 miles from what I'm talking about. You're, you are now there in the temple. You're offering your, you're bringing your offering to God. You're offering it to him. And there you remember, where is it? You're in Jerusalem now. And right before you bring it to the priest, the Holy Spirit says, I'm not accepting this. You might as well just keep it. Don't bring it. If it's a lamb, give it to somebody else for a moment. Let them take care of it. Hold on to it. Because what you need to do is you need to go all the way now from Jerusalem back to Capernaum and seek out that person. Do what you can to make it right. And when you have attempted to do that, then I want you to come all the way back to Jerusalem. I, this is kind of crazy, but wouldn't it be cool if, if Jesus had a GoPro on his, you know, or his disciples, John or Peter, and you just, you said, it'd be cool to see what it looked like. You know, they would, it's not just flat. And you'd have to, you'd have to travel all that distance. And this is kind of a modern view of what it would look like. But you would, you would go through the mountains, not mountains like we know, the Rockies, smaller mountains, but up and down hills. Because you love God so much, you love your brother and sister in Christ so much that you would be willing to go all the way back. That's the point. Would you be willing to do that? It's hard stuff. The horizontal does authenticate the vertical. I mean, I, I don't think I could walk 60 miles right now. Well, I know I couldn't. <laughs> it might take me like three months. Would I do it? This is hard stuff. The word authenticate means to establish as genuine. Do you want your, your worship to God to be genuine? Check your horizontal relationships. Horizontal legitimizes, validates, makes my vertical credible, not counterfeit. Then come back. Pick up your undefiled gift and offer it to God with clean hands and a pure heart. It's, accept, it's acceptable to God now. I mean, he's like, wow. 
This is such sweet-smelling incense in my presence. My heart is so moved. We're just moments away from the table. I've got to ask this question. I want you to listen with your heart. Is there someone you've written off that Jesus wants you to write back in? You can start your own write-in campaign today. The election season is over. Who would be the write-in on your ballot? Who would that be? For you. Goes both ways, right? When I need to go to take the initiative and do it, and also to be open and receptive when someone travels back to Capernaum to talk to me. I've been in both places. It's hard doing it, but it's worth it. It can restore a relationship, it always brings glory to God and sanctifies the offerings that we bring to him. So in conclusion, would you, would you be willing to do that? Communion is the Lord's table. Today I want to invite you to come to his table. You don't have to be a member to participate in communion at Gateway Church. All you need to be is a son or daughter of his through faith in Christ to have at one time in your life repented of your sins, accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. And then you've searched your own heart today. I want you to think of three words as we close. And I'm going to ask the communion stewards if they'll come at this time. We're going to begin to prepare our hearts and Pastor Nathan, the team. I want you to think of three words. Someone, sometime, somewhere this week. Who would that someone be? Sometime. Don't put it off. During communion, it's time to make, get your heart right and determine that this week, I'm going to take the initiative. I'm going to do the hard thing. Let the Holy Spirit confirm he'll, he'll do that. I know he does. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He takes the work of Christ and makes it real in my own heart. He speaks to my heart. I hear his voice. I just pray to God. Lord, here's what's going on in my own heart. This is what I'm struggling with. What do you want me to do with this? And he just begins to put it all together. But you got to first give it to him, right? Someone. Some time this week and somewhere. 
figure out where's this going to take place? How am I going to do this? But we all need to do something. With the words that you heard from his word today, somehow, if you can get past my words, I know God uses my words, but ultimately you need to hear the voice of Jesus Christ. And his voice is clear in the Sermon on the Mount. So, Lord, Jesus, we hear you speaking to our hearts today. You are worthy, Lord. For the sake of your name, Help us to love unconditionally, extravagantly, lavishly, without pretense. Help us to love like you would love, Jesus, like you did love. Help us to forgive from our hearts. This would be the time in our hearts. To bless anyone who's sinned against you. To just say, I forgive Jesus' name. And I just encourage you to take that bread. Identify with his body. He came for us. Give thanks for his body. And take that cup and give thanks for the blood that was spilled out from his body for the forgiveness of our sins and be thankful. Holy Spirit, do an incredible work in our hearts for we are so needy and dependent on you. We're going to hand out the bread. We're going to just eat of that together as a body and then we're going to pass out the cup and drink of it together. Amen.